Good morning, and welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us in ways that get us talking, learning, feeling, imagining, and connected, and perhaps inspired or challenged to do just a bit more because we made the connection. Our topic today is part of the In Our Own Voice series, and Connections co-produces with community partners, and this show will kick off our series on Jewish voices. And we are co-producing this program with the Jewish Community Relations Council of Minnesota and the Dakotas, and this is the JCRC. And I wanted to make mention that we are recording this show today on April 22nd. My co-hosts today are Anthony Sussman, who's the JCRC Director of Communications and Community Security. Anthony's worked with JCRC since 2006. We also have Laura Zelli, who is JCRC's Director of Tolerance Minnesota and Holocaust Education. And Laura's worked with JCRC since 2005. And Susie Greenberg, who is a JCRC Associate Director of Tolerance Minnesota and Holocaust Education. And Susie's worked with JCRC since 2008. Welcome to all of you. Thank, Thank you, Lori. Oh, so glad Thank to have you know. With our COVID nineteen, I've got a, a virtual connection with you all. So I, I wish you were all in my my studio, um, but I'm glad we're able to connect this way and be able to have all of our voices um, and have your voices be shared. Uh, Anthony, would you share a little bit about the Jewish Community Relations Council of Minnesota and the Dakotas? Yes. First, Lori, thank you very much. Thank you to AM950 for this opportunity. We are grateful to partner with you to produce this program. The Jewish Community Relations Council of Minnesota and the Dakotas was founded in 1939, and the JCRC continues to be proud to build relationships to fight anti-Semitism and bigotry, provide Holocaust and Israel-related education, advocate for civil rights, and safeguard not just the Jewish community, but other communities in Minnesota, North Dakota, and South Dakota. We have a long focus on security, Holocaust education, and government relations. And so we are really thrilled to be with you uh, this, this day. With that, I would like to introduce my colleague, my longtime colleague, Laura Zell, uh, who heads our Holocaust education programming uh, and so, Laura, thank you for joining. Thanks, Anthony. And, Lori, thanks. I'm honored to be part of this conversation. Um, as um, we plan our Holocaust education programs at the JCRC, we really um, follow two separate lanes. And one of them is around remembrance, um, and the other one is about education. And there's a reason that we've sectioned the um, the initiatives this way. Um, we feel that it's really, really first and foremost important to remember our survivor community, that the people that have survived the Holocaust have much to teach us. Um, and as we know, the uh, population is aging and we have fewer and fewer of these powerful testimonies to rely on um, to teach us about bigotry, to teach us moral lessons. In a way, they are our spiritual guideposts, if you will, um, that really we want to make sure that we honor and that we have second-generation, third-generation, fourth-generation family members that are learning their own family's history, what it means to them, how it's relevant to them today, and you know, that, that is really um, our golden opportunity is to continue to honor the survivor community. The other track, education, um, we do teacher training. We have um, programs that go into schools. We um, have a trip that goes to Washington, D.C. to the museum, and we'll get into more and more details of our education track. But the importance of keeping education alive um, is to really empower teachers with the most current resources and to continue to um, educate about hate and bigotry. Um, unfortunately, Lori, we are seeing um, comparisons, inaccurate comparisons, trivialization of the Holocaust, um, 
you know, there's an uptick in anti-Semitism across Minnesota in the country. Um, there was a new study that came out that said 67% of, of youth, young people today don't know what Auschwitz is. So there definitely is a damaging lack of knowledge around the Holocaust. And we try in every way we can through grant writing, through teacher training, through working through our networks in higher ed. Um, to really reach teachers and classrooms across Minnesota and the Dakotas. Wonderful. Um, it's, it is inspiring to hear the good work that you're doing. And I know that we have a clip that um, will illustrate uh, some of the education that, that you all do. Um, and uh, Susie, did you want to share a little bit about a background of the, uh, the audio clip that we'll be sharing? Yes, we, um, Helen Siegel, who is, um, part of our community here, she, we've asked her to be part of this program today as, as a very articulate and passionate person about Holocaust education. She's a lifelong educator and learner, spent her early career in New York City schools and recently retired as a principal of a local Jewish day school in Minneapolis where she served as a teacher and administrator for 27 years. And she is now a speaker, she goes to schools and speaks to adults in a variety of settings about her parents' experiences as German Jews from before Kristallnacht until their emigration to the U.S. after the war. She also speaks about the multi-generational trauma of being a child of Holocaust survivors. So we're going to listen to her and hear about why she has become so devoted to, why she's devoted her time to Holocaust education. Terrific. Well, first of all, uh, in my retirement and actually before, I've pretty much devoted uh, my time, my, my ability to be flexible to Holocaust education because I feel like that is going to be unbelievably important going forward um, given the fact that uh, Holocaust survivors are, are elderly and there are very few of them left. My mother is still alive. She's 95 years old and... Um, she is a survivor of the Birkenau Auschwitz concentration camp. Her story is an amazing story, but I think taking a step back, every story, every experience of a Holocaust survivor is unique to them and their families, and um, and they're very powerful in so many ways. Um, and my mother's story is powerful, but there are so many others as well. My dad passed away 10 years ago. And his experience was very different from my mom's. He um, did not suffer the physical um, devastation and uh, dehumanization of the camps. He was able to emigrate to South America in 1941. Um, and his experience was entirely different. And although they're both from Germany, they met in New York, and they come from two different worlds. Um, I, I feel like... The, the phrase never forget is used so, so often. And what does that mean? And I can talk about what it means to me. When I spoke to a high school a few years ago in the St. Paul area, a young man asked me, and he did this with no malice, with no uh, attempt to be disrespectful. He asked me, how do you know it really happened? And I was taken aback, and I thought his teachers were quite upset. And I gathered myself and responded, I know it happened because I heard my mother's screams in the middle of the night as a young child. I know it happened because there's a tattoo on her arm and she didn't go to a tattoo parlor and have it put there herself. So even for me, an almost 70-year-old child of Holocaust survivors, I am in awe and taken aback at the enormity of what happened to so many people during that time period in history. Very powerful to hear in her own voice. Very. And Helen speaks to a couple of really amazing points that um, are the challenges of Holocaust education today. Um, you know, it's an incredibly complex system that was built in Germany um, that had deadly inhumane effects on an entire group of people. And that's really, really hard for kids to understand. It's hard for teachers to organize units around. Um, so that's why Susie and I, the best 
that we can work with national thought leaders and national organizations to help teachers understand a really um, organized way to teach units on this. That's one of our main goals of education, accessibility to resources for our teachers. And being able to have the personal testimony um, brings it to life in new ways, I believe. When, when we actually get to know the person and see the person and hear the person, um, there's something very powerful about in their own words. Oh, absolutely. I think that, you know, the, we, we um, work with teachers to, and, and we say go into one person or two people's stories so in-depthly that it creates paths of empathy for students, right? They can identify, break down that six million number to one or two people's experiences. So they, they understand the rights that were taken away. They understand the anti-Semitism that people were dealing with. They understand the systematic approach in the world that was um, zeroing in and becoming more and more chaotic. And it's incredible, the stories of hope and the stories of survival that will come through when you dig deep enough are really the powerful lessons for students. Well, I'd love to have our audience know more about um, how to find out about JCRC. If you want to share about the website and ways to subscribe, that would be wonderful. Yes, absolutely. Our website is minndakjcrc.org. That's mindakjcrc.org. As Lori said at the top of the program, we are the Jewish Community Relations Council of Minnesota and the Dakotas. You can connect with us there. We have a Facebook page, an Instagram page, as well as a Twitter account. And in our next segment, we'll be coming back and we'll be continuing to share about uh, the human story um, and the power of testimony and um, how that can make a difference in creating the human connection. So stay with us. And... uh, Thank you. Thank you for sharing what you're doing and how you're doing it and, and having us be able to hear in, in, in the Jewish voice. Clockwork is an experienced design and technology agency, which means they help transform businesses around the globe by connecting people, processes, and technology. They bridge the gap between marketing and technology to put people at the heart of digital solutions, transforming how your customers interact with your brand. Clockworks Technology Consulting, Experience Design, and Software Development Expertise makes them a full-service digital partner to help you design your customer experience, build an app, or connect all of your digital properties into one seamless system. If you're in need of major tech updates but aren't sure where to start, they'll help you figure that out, too. To learn more about how they've helped other businesses make digital transformation less painful, visit clockwork.com slash radio. Clockwork. Digital done right. In response to COVID-19, Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces is working to be safe and healthy for our customers and employees. We enable and require our employees to stay home if they are sick. We are closing our showroom temporarily, but we are answering our phone calls and emails. We can do a lot remotely and electronically. Email us your pictures, sketches, and plans of your project. We will listen to your ideas and make suggestions. We can explain which products will work and price them. We are doing installation and service cost estimating and scheduling. Visit us online at woodlandstoves.com. Give us a call or email us at info at woodlandstoves.com. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces has over 35 working wood and gas units on display at the corner of East Franklin and Riverside Avenue in Minneapolis. More information at woodlandstoves.com. Find the fire that works for you. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, out-of-the-ordinary products and services since 1977. Hi, Gregory Rich, owner of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style. Look, we're all working from home right now, and chances are you've become aware of the importance of a decent office chair. Well, I'd like to offer you a means of helping a local business while making working from home a lot more pleasant. How about considering the X chair? We can ship the X chair directly to your home. Now, I wish I could have you into Habitation to try it out, but that's not an option. So I'm encouraging you to visit xchair.com to have a look. 
But once you do, please give Habitation a call to place your order. Doing so ensures that you're supporting a local business at a time that we really need your help. And I'll tell you what. When you place your order by phone with Habitation, we'll discount the chairs an extra 10% off the lowest price on the X-Chair website. So do your back, neck, and butt a favor and take a look at X-Chair at xchair.com. Then call Habitation at 952-426-3548. That's 952-426-3548. Welcome back. I'm Lori Fitz, host of Connections Radio Show. Today we're partnering with the Jewish Community Relations Council of Minnesota and the Dakotas for the Jewish Voices series. We are recording this show on April 22nd. With me for our co-host today are Anthony Sussman, JCRC Director of Communications and Community Security. Anthony's worked at JCRC since 2006. Laura Zell, who is the JCRC Director of Tolerance, Minnesota and Holocaust Education. And Laura's worked for JCRC since 2005. And Susie Greenberg, who is the JCRC Associate Director of Tolerance, Minnesota and Holocaust Education. Susie, you've also worked there since 2008, I see. Uh, Susie, we did a wonderful set of interviews with Helen Sigler, and we shared one of those audio clips in the first segment. Can you set up, I'd love to just start off with the segment, um, sharing her her story, and if you could give a little background for the audience um, about Helen and this story. Sure. Helen Siegel um, is a newly, re- relatively recently retired principal of a local Jewish day school in Minneapolis. She spent her early part of her career in the New York City schools teaching. Um, she is now very devoted to speaking about Holocaust education, and she speaks to schools and adults in a variety of settings about her parents' experiences as German Jews from before Kristallnacht until the, their immigration to the U.S. after the war. She speaks about also about the multi-generational trauma of being a child of Holocaust survivors. And, and what we're about to hear is the way she has, the, her process of, of her own discovery of learning about the Holocaust and the personal components of it for her. Well, it was a process. So as a young child, um, I would say early elementary and before, I was terribly jealous of friends and neighbors because they had big families and I always felt angry and hurt that I didn't and when I asked my parents about it I I, I totally sensed that there was more to the story but I remember my mom saying your grandparents died in Germany no and excuse me they said your grandparents died in Europe and but that was the end of it and um as I grew older, I would say mid-elementary, my parents would have friends coming over for social gatherings, and I used to like to eavesdrop, and we had a very small house, and I would eavesdrop on some conversations, and I would hear things like, remember when we caught those frogs and ate them? And they were really hard to find, but we were lucky that we were able to eat them, and I'm thinking, and they were talking about camp, and I'm thinking, what kind of summer camp is this? And, you know, after lots of bits and pieces of conversations that I overheard my parents have with other people, I knew something was really wrong. Um, not only was my family different because they were immigrants, but we were different because we didn't have any extended family and some terrible things had to catch what happened. And I, I remember my mom and dad talking about this booklet that my mother had been given by American soldiers after liberation from the camps. I knew it was in the house, and every time my parents went out and left us, um, I was 12 years older than my youngest siblings, so I babysat, um, and of course they left us at times where I was old enough to watch them. I would search the house for this book, and I remember the day I found it, and it all just came together on that day because... Sorry. In the book were pictures of um, piles of emaciated bodies with bones sticking out in different directions and um, bodies in pits. And I realized that that's where my grandparents could be or my, my uncle and my aunts 
and all those relatives that I wanted to have so badly and didn't have. And I would say that was, I was probably, yeah, I was probably 12 at that point. And interestingly, in, in school at the time, in sixth grade, seventh grade, we'd been looking at Holocaust literature, and of course, I read The Diary of Anne Frank. And so, yeah, everything just kind of came together. Susie, a lot of um, generational trauma there uh, that you talk about, right? A lot of generational trauma, and um, yeah, that it's a very it's a very powerful um, situation for somebody to start realizing where they come from and what they when they see these sort of components that become reality. Um, I remember. Laura and I brought a a Holocaust survivor to a college outside of the Twin Cities a few years ago, and she was speaking to a class. And you know, they it was a it was a, an obligatory class. These students were sitting there listening, and at the end, she asked for questions. And a and a few and a girl raised her hand and said, "You know, can I see your? Do you have a tattoo?" And the, the speaker lifted up her sleeve and showed them the tattoo and it, it was sort of a game changer. It become, it became reality. It became, it, there was evidence, if you will. And it really, it was a remarkable moment seeing the faces of these people who had never encountered a survivor, let alone perhaps somebody who was Jewish before who had experienced this. It really, the power of testimony was unbelievable. And I think, you know, in Helen's testimony, you can hear her inherited trauma, right? She's 12 years old, and she's talking about overhearing things that are not normal for a 12-year-old to even begin to understand. Um, and, you know, we have done some programs around the topics of epigenetics um, for our second, third, and fourth generation um, survivor family members. And epigenetics is a is a... Um, an amazing field, which is actually learning about how this trauma is passed down through the generation and how it shows up differently um, as the years go on. Um, but one of the other things I wanted to mention is with capturing survivor testimony, it's really important to keep the human in the middle of this history. At the end of the day, the Holocaust is a genocide that was about a government setting up policies and laws to annihilate another group of people. It was people doing it to people. It was the inhumanity at the most horrible time in history. Now, there's been obviously other genocides before this, and there'll be, there are other genocides after this. But the, the well-documented history of the Holocaust allows us to get into the system, but also keep the human story through testimony like the Holocaust survivor that we brought to the school that Susie mentioned, or Helen's um, testimony at, in the middle of this. And that's something really important um, as a way of teaching about it. And it was very moving. Oh, go ahead, Anthony. Go ahead. And it's these human stories that my colleagues, Laura and Susie, have done such a tremendous job of capturing over time that really are the single greatest tools to create pathways of empathy and that's what we see in our work at the jewish community relations council and that that ties in when i was interviewing her when she was sharing about her as a 12 year old i mean your heart just opens and you can see this 12 year old searching for this this booklet um and she told the story so beautifully um and heartbreakingly that right that, that you see it even though you know, it's her story. She she shares it in such a way that it unfolds within your own heart and with your own realization. Right. And we have survivors that, you know, go into the details of what the smell was like, what, you know, they paint a picture of arriving at a platform at a camp, um, what hiding was like, looking for lost family members being in a ghetto and um, those details that you just talked about with Helen, those details don't, you know, those get imprinted on kids' brains. And, and 
and it's a hope that it gets imprinted in such a way that, as you were saying, Anthony, more empathy can be created. It can't be dismissed. And if you don't, and, and having the human, as you were saying, also being in the center of it, it, it doesn't, uh, it, it de-escalates the other and creates uh, the connection, the weeness. Absolutely. And there's no real replacement for that. And that's where we have to get creative in terms of broadcasting these personal stories to our audiences throughout our region in order to convey that message. And it's critically important that we are able to do that and continue to do that so that we can learn from the lessons of the Shoah as we progress as a society. And if folks are interested in learning more or um, hosting programs, what's the best way for them to do that? They can reach out to us at our website, mindakjcrc.org. That's mindakjcrc.org. And in our next segment, we will also discuss a project of ours called Transfer of Memory. And you can find information about that at transferofmemory.org. Yeah, and as you mentioned, there's going to be a great segment coming up uh, that talks about all kinds of cool, wonderful things that they're doing with national thought leaders, curriculum, and programs. So stay with us um, as we hear and learn more about Jewish voices from the JCRC, our community partner. Thanks for joining us, and make sure you stay with us. We're just going to be gone for a few moments as we have a commercial break. And we'll be right back on Connections Radio Show here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Live from St. Paul, it's the Virtual Art Crawl, featuring over 100 local artists with works for sale, artist interviews, demonstration, and studio tours, all from the safety of your sofa. That's right, we had to move the 2020 St. Paul Spring Art Crawl to an online format so that we could connect our fabulous artists with thousands of folks who traditionally attend the first big art event of the year. Help support the arts community by logging on April 24th through the 26th. You may ask yourself, how do I virtually art crawl? Follow the Facebook page at facebook.com slash St. Paul Virtual Art Crawl. Watch live streams, support your favorite artists, listen to live streaming music, check out Lower Town restaurants, find a few new artists to follow, and maybe even buy some sweet local art. Again, the virtual St. Paul Spring Art Crawl is April 24th through the 26th. Streaming at facebook.com slash St. Paul Virtual Art Crawl. Hi, everyone. Matt McNeil here. Thanks for keeping your radio tuned to AM 950. This is a challenging time for everyone, including us here at the radio station. To make sure AM 950 keeps broadcasting, we need your help. Head over to AM 950 Radio and sign up to support AM 950 with however much you can. And Brett and I will personally be thanking listeners who contribute on our shows. Head over to AM950Radio.com. That's AM950Radio.com and declare, yes, I want to support AM 950. From everyone at AM 950 and from me personally, thank you very much. And thanks for listening to the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. Hey, it's Brett from FYI Politics. We appreciate you listening to AM950 and promoting Minnesota's only progressive talk station. We also want to remind you how important it is to support our advertisers amid the coronavirus outbreak. The advertisements you hear on AM950 are what allows us to stay on the airwaves and bring you the best in progressive talk radio. We're not funded through some giant parent company. We're an independent, locally owned business that relies on the local advertisers you hear. Unfortunately, many of those advertisers are going to be hit hard by the coronavirus closures. So please, support our advertisers in any way that you can. Whether that's ordering some delicious takeout food from one of our Eat Local Minnesota restaurants, purchasing gift cards, or even just contacting them and telling them thanks for supporting AM950. We know times are tough, so even the littlest thing you can do can go a long way to help. Find a full list of our advertisers at am950radio.com. That's am950radio.com. And thanks for listening. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Join us for New Beginnings, Saturday mornings at 11, brought to you in part by Vision Loss Resources. 
With your AM950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today, a 40% chance of thunderstorms after 1 p.m. with a high of 65. And tonight, showers may continue with a low around 43. Sunday, mostly sunny with a high of 65 and a low of 48, while Monday is likely to be rainy with a high of 71 and a low of 53. AM950 wants to say thank you to all the listeners that have supported us by becoming members. We are committed to getting through this and supporting our community, but we can still use help through membership as we are a long way from getting through this virus. If you'd like to support AM950 by becoming a member, go to am950radio.com. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and we're in the In Our Own Voice series where Connections co-produces with community partners. This show will kick off our series on the Jewish voices, and we are co-producing the program with the Jewish Community Relations Council of Minnesota and the Dakotas, JCRC. We are recording this show on April 22nd. My co-hosts today are Anthony Sussman, who is the JCRC Director of Communications and Community Security, Laura Zell, who is the JCRC Director of Tolerance Minnesota and Holocaust Education, and Susie Greenberg, the JCRC Associate Director of Tolerance Minnesota and Holocaust Education. Welcome to all of you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So, Anthony... um, would you just give just a little bit again about JCRC, just a, a an overview, and then I'd love to hear from both Laura and Susie about the programs that you all are doing. Yes, and Lori, thank you for having us. It's a an honor to partner with you on this series, so thank you. The Jewish Community Relations Council of Minnesota and the Dakotas was founded in 1939 at a time when there was what we would call institutionalized anti-Semitism in Minneapolis. And over decades, our work has focused on building relationships to find the provide Holocaust and Israel-related education, advocate for civil rights, and safeguard our community. And Susie, did you want to share a little bit about, uh, I think, did you mention about films? Yeah, actually, I'm going to have Laura talk about that. She has personal experience with that. Terrific. Yeah, thank you. So um, at the JCRC, part of um, our education is that we produced five films about Minnesota survivors. One of those films uh, is about my family story. So my family, um, we are Greek Jews from Athens, Greece. And um, most of my extended family was taken from Athens to Auschwitz and gassed upon arrival. Um, and I wanted to, several years ago, I wanted to bring this memoir and this history to life and really get into some of the compelling details um, about, first of all, you know, just living in Greece as Jews. And then also the process um, that went forward with the genocide moving to that section of the world. Um, we've gone on to write teacher curriculum for each of the films. Um, we've used them in many trainings. Um, and they're a way to keep humans at the center of this history um, and a way to really honor the legacies of some of the families in Minnesota. So that's one uh, educational resources. The films are all online on our website on tolerance-minnesota.org. They're all for free, um, and people can download the teacher guide right next to the films. Um, the other project that Susie and I have worked on uh, is called Transfer of Memory. And this was a brainchild project of um, Timberwolves and Lynx photographer David Sherman, who is a very talented photographer in our community. Uh, he came to us with the idea, and he wanted to document Minnesota Holocaust survivors. So we started um, asking survivors to tell us a little bit about their history. David captured them in their home in full color, and the essence of the project was really to focus on survivorhood, hope, resiliency, you know, after coming through the Holocaust and the horror and the devastation and the death, a community of survivors, wherever they went throughout the world, made a promise, you know, and rebuilt their lives out of this destruction. And so that's really the ethos of this project. It is a traveling photography show. It has been um, seen by over 50,000 people. Um, it's had over 50 host sites um, bring it to their community. And once it's in a community, whether it's a church, a synagogue, a rotary club, a library, a, a city hall, um, Susie and I 
um, work with the community to set up month-long programs. So maybe there's lunch and learns. Maybe there's a panel on anti-Semitism, interfaith relations. Um, and so that's been a really nice feature of Transfer of Memory is that it's really an educational foundation to go deeper into this history or other themes that come out of um, Holocaust history. You can also see the exhibit. Uh, it's got its own website, transferofmemory.org, that you can view all the photographs and the sto- accompanying stories there. Right, yeah, thank you. So we also um, have host uh, trainings. We do professional development trainings. Uh, we, do, we host trainings for law enforcement. Um, and we feel very strongly that there are national thought leaders and national institutions out there um, that have programs that train fellows and lawyers. And um, one of them is called What You Do Matters. And it's a program out of the United States Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. And the trainers come and we've trained um, different law enforcement um chapters and the National Guard um, and so that's been really successful and then we we host Susie and I are uh, trainers for a, an international curriculum called Echoes and Reflections and that's out of a collaboration of some of these national institutions and again keeps the survivor testimony front and center and um, we so we've gone around to small communities educational collaboratives and hosted these opportunities for teachers and Susie, I know if you want to um, tell us a little bit more about some of the other programs. Yeah, so um, what, there's a few other programs that really focus in on Holocaust education. One is one that we actually had last night in our community, a Yom HaShoah commemoration, which is Hebrew for Holocaust Remembrance Day. And this is a time, it's a national program a lot of cities around the country do, uh, where we gather the local community together at a a different synagogue each year, and we host a commemorative service to remember those who perished and to honor our local survivors. Uh, Typically, we see seven, 800 people attending these. So um, as the environment has it with us, Right now, in the midst of COVID-19, we moved the program to a virtual um, platform, and we still saw the same numbers come to the Zoom webinar and Facebook Live program that we hosted last night, where we um, had, we heard survivor testimonies throughout the day, as well as the service with prayers and commemorations hosted by the rabbis at a local synagogue. Um, addition to, additionally to that, we have an annual trip that the JCRC facilitates each year to the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum in Washington, D.C. We charter a plane for 180 people each year, and we fill the plane with school groups and other um, community Participants. It's mostly school groups, and um, it's it's sort of a field trip for a lot of the school groups. And we leave that morning, the morning early in the morning. We fly out to D.C. We go to the museum. We spend the day going through the museum, and then we fly back that night. The participants also include law enforcement and National Guard members, and um, the. Tour is a self-guided tour, except for law enforcement has a special. Um, there's a, a justice society initiative through the pro through the museum that leads the law enforcement and national guard through, so that they can look at the Holocaust and how it happened through the lens of law enforcement. So we really try to um, create opportunities for people from all sorts of different backgrounds and access points to learn about the Holocaust. And that really, uh, with with the trip to the Holocaust Memorial Museum, specifically with law enforcement, we see that the curriculum and the special docent-led tour for law enforcement creates a lot of empathy 
for police departments today and how they can apply that to their own policing of their own communities and creating a lot of thought around community policing in today's society. So taking the lessons of the Shoah and applying it in 2020. And we've seen that as a very effective uh, tool for law enforcement departments uh, throughout Minnesota uh, and the country. Additionally, uh, Laura and Susie can speak about a little bit, is the Speakers Bureau uh, that we have at the JCRC. And we're so fortunate to have educators in Minnesota reaching out to us on a weekly basis, inquiring about Holocaust survivors and their descendants. So perhaps, Laura or Susie, if you want to speak a little bit about the Speakers Bureau and Generations After Minnesota, that would be wonderful. Sure. So um, as Anthony stated, often we get requests from school groups or community groups um, who are seeking presenters about Holocaust education. So it used to be that we would have a very, we had a very robust group of survivors who are able to go and speak about their experiences. Um, at this point, we are, we are, we have a more robust second and third generation and now even beyond that, a set of speakers who go to schools and speak they do. They speak about their families' experiences, and they can present about with powerpoints or films or just their stories. And even now, in uh, COVID nineteen era, we are still able to do it over Zoom calls, so people are still able to virtually learn about um, Holocaust family stories. Right, and it just reminds me, uh, we just did one two nights ago, right before Yom HaShoah, Lori, um, we had a third generation family member. There is an active case right now against an alleged Nazi guard in Germany, and this um, grandchild was the only eyewitness at the trial in Germany, and so we did a Zoom small salon with him, and so that he could relay his grandmother's story. It's it's really incredible how the next generation is devoting time. You know, they have inherited this trauma and this legacy and how they go about making sense of it and making it relevant is really incredible. So we were surrounded by amazing family people in this community um, and at large to really help us continue um, telling the experiences of survivors. And I want to make sure that the audience knows how to get in touch uh, with JCRC, what are ways um, that our audience members can learn more and be a part of the programs that you do. You can learn more about the JCRC by visiting our website at mindakjcrc.org. That's mindakjcrc.org. And you can learn more about Transfer of Memory at transferofmemory.org. And in our next segment, I can't believe it goes so quickly. I, I can't believe we're going into our fourth segment. But in our next segment, we'll be talking about a lot of other relationships you have in the community as well. Uh, I'm excited about uh, learning more and continuing to learn more. I'm, I'm thrilled that this is our kickoff of a series on Jewish Voices. Um, I learned so much. And I know that our audience appreciates hearing from you about the programs that you're doing and ways that, that we can be there too. So stay with us. Just a few uh, commercials to pay for our great programming here on AM 950. Uh, You're listening to Connections Radio Show. We'll be right back. Clockwork is an experienced design and technology agency, which means they help transform businesses around the globe by connecting people, processes, and technology. They bridge the gap between marketing and technology to put people at the heart of digital solutions, transforming how your customers interact with your brand. Clockworks Technology Consulting, Experience Design, and Software Development Expertise makes them a full-service digital partner to help you design your customer experience, build an app, or connect all of your digital properties into one seamless system. If you're in need of major tech updates but aren't sure where to start, they'll help you figure that out, too. To learn more about how they've helped other businesses make digital transformation less painful, visit clockwork.com 
backslash radio. Clockwork. Digital done right. A comfortable home means more now than ever. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning can help you save up to $2,700 when you buy a new energy-efficient furnace and AC in April. Find out more about this deal and their no-contact protocol at standardheating.com. Minuteman Press Uptown is still open. It's printing everything. But they are taking some extra precautions. You can order by phone or online and do curbside pickup. Plus, they can help restaurants staying open with direct mail and geofencing. That's Minuteman Press Uptown. Finding the right lawyer is incredibly stressful. It can be tough to know even where to start. Don't just run an Internet search for an attorney. Start with the Minnesota Lawyer Referral and Information Service, an enhanced program of the Hennepin and Ramsey County Bar Associations. They'll connect you with over 200 thoroughly vetted, qualified attorneys practicing in over 50 areas of law. Call 612-752-6699 or go to mnlawyerreferral.org. The right call for the right lawyer. Even though these are challenging times, All Energy Solar is still committed to providing you a cost-effective, environmentally friendly energy system through their zero-contact protocol. Solar remains a great value and long-term investment, but some of the incentive programs will be expiring soon. All Energy Solar can walk you through the entire process. They can evaluate your property by phone or webinar and can even complete preliminary design work without visiting your home. So start saving on your energy bill today and visit allenergysolar.com. Hello, Minnesota. This is Governor Tim Walz. Among all the things I love about our great state, it's the hardiness of our people and our willingness to do right by each other. We need that now more than ever. My team is working hard with partners to keep you safe, but we need all Minnesotans to help slow the spread of coronavirus. Stay home. Stop the spread. Save lives. For the most accurate and update information, listen to your local news. And together, let's share facts, not fear. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host, and we have partnered today with the Jewish Community Relations Council of Minnesota and the Dakotas, JCRC. This is part of Jewish Voices, a series that we are co-producing the program, and we are recording the show on April 22nd. My co-hosts, who have been wonderful collaborators, um, helping to pull together a really great show, uh, has been Anthony Sussman. He's also a co-host during the segment, and he's from JCRC. He's the Director of Communications and Community Security. We have Laura Zell, who is the JCRC Director of Tolerance Minnesota and Holocaust Education, and Susie Greenberg, who is the JCRC Associate Director of Tolerance Minnesota. Thank you all for, for taking the time to share and, and allow us to get to know the good work that you're doing. Laura, I'm going to start off with you um, sharing a little bit about some of the partnership programs that you're, you're involved with. Yeah, thanks, Lori. Um, so part of our mission in, at the JCRC is our, our, the, the Relations Council. And we take it very seriously to um, build authentic relationships and work in our networks um, across cultures, across faiths, um, and really strengthen those relationships. Um, one of um, the entities we work with is the Minnesota National Guard. And through this relationship, um, we have helped them build um, the Holocaust Special Emphasis Council that the Guard has. And actually, it's the only one in the entire country. And um, we have worked together with this unit um, to um, provide professional development opportunities. They join us on our annual trip to the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. Um, they um, provide, they host speakers. Um, they have it be part of their leadership training for their cadets. And it's not only, even though it started in Minnesota, we have branched out to other guard units um, across uh, North Dakota and South Dakota. Um, we have other initiatives, and Susie um, is very involved in one that I'll let her talk about that's pretty special to both of us. Yeah, so one of the groups that, or one of the programs that we have started is an Indigenous Jewish collaboration, which um, brings together a cohort of Jewish teenagers as well as a cohort of Indigenous teenagers from Dakota Prep school high school and we these groups come together with a facilitator from each group and the teenagers meet they talk about shared histories 
about they they read books together, they cook together, and they find similarities and and differences as well, but similarities of how the elders and the different generations in their communities play an important role. Um, again, because of COVID nineteen, the program has changed has had to pivot a little bit. We were they were supposed to culminate this year's experience by traveling to D.C. together on our annual day trip to the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum and also visit the um, Smithsonian Indian Museum. Um, But we were unable to do that this year. Hopefully, moving forward, that will be a part of it. But this is another example of um, community gathering between different cultures, different faiths. And along those lines of unity, in the current environment of attacks against houses of worship, organizations have come together to share experiences specifically relating to safety and security. Attacks against the African-American community in South Carolina, against the Muslim community here in Bloomington, against the Jewish community in Pittsburgh – Um, has brought us to a moment where organizations like the Minneapolis Foundation and its Faith in Each Other Fund have really wanted to underscore a sense of community and unity within the local communities here. So the JCRC has worked with the local Muslim community, the local Christian community, the local African-American community, the local Hindu community, on safety and security, whether that's procuring money from the federal government for physical hardening of their facilities, hate crimes legislation, uh, and giving insight into how to better secure our facilities. If there is any silver lining to these incidents, it, it has created a sense of unity between all of our communities. In October of 2018, in the wake of the shooting at Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, there were two community gatherings of over 2,000 people, one in Minneapolis, one in St. Paul. And it really was a heartwarming moment between our communities to feel that love at a great time of need. And Anthony, can you share the website so folks uh, can learn how to connect more as we're, we're 30 seconds left in our show? I, I wish that we could go on for another mm-hmm. hour. But if you could um, share so the audience knows how best to connect with the JCRC. Yes, to find more information about the Jewish Community Relations Council of Minnesota and the Dakotas, please visit our website at M-I-N-N-D-A-K-J-C-R-C.org. That is MindacJCRC.org. And Anthony, Laura, and Susie, thank you for all that you do, and thank you for sharing today on Connections Radio Show. Thank, thank you, Laura, for having us.